0: the the core personality traits that appear to be associated with antinatalism are generally dark triad personality traits but oh specifically, antagonistic narcissism, psychopathic meanness, psychopathic disinhibition, and antagonistic Machiavellianism. And then the other article that looked into this found uh, Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy were the primary traits that predicted antinatalist belief systems. And then secondarily was depression. But you often found them together. Like you yeah,
1: to- And the difference is that we had thought that depression was first and foremost the big correlatory factor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You needed to be a, a narcissistic psychopath. And if you are a narcissistic psychopath and depressed, you're likely to be an entity. <laughs> you're
1: a sad
0: narcissistic psychopath. Like the level of narcissistic sociopathy that would deny life to another person who would want to live just because you personally would prefer to kill yourself, but don't want to take the responsibility of killing yourself. To me, is just this insane level of sociopathy these studies helped me understand why we have such trouble getting through to the anti-natalist community with logical arguments because it was never based on logic to begin with so it's always mm-hmm. a psychiatric condition would you like to know more no, no.
1: <laughs> just mm, sad they're being beautiful but
0: i love you to death simone and i am excited to be doing this episode because i always love i mean <laughs> <great> <laughs> we love shitting all particles. over people and who no doesn't great Thing about the pronatalist <laughs> movement and and being seen as sort of its leaders is the and an, antithesis of us the antinatalist movement is just so like every time I dig deeper it somehow is worse than I could have conceived it was <laughs> it's somehow crazier than I could have conceived it was and it's somehow more just like transparently and obviously the bad guys in sort of this conflicting like like it's like you know i don't feel like there's been a fight in a long time where there were like obvious bad guys and good guys since like World war ii and fighting the nazis you know people sort of almost reminisce about these old times where there was a very obvious good guy side and a very obvious bad guy side the anti-natalist movement, you know, they, they're like, well, we have to keep humans alive so we can kill all life on the planet too. But let's, let's go into like how they came up again recently for us. Right. Is I was having to do an audit of how different terms do and how our movement is doing in different search results. And the audit was actually kind of depressing for me in many ways in that I'll look up something like demographic collapse. And when I'm doing it in like an incognito browser, everything's like, this is why demographic collapse isn't a problem at all. No big deal. Demographic collapse, fake science. Everything's
1: like, okay here. Situation normal. That's actually, how I do. should do
0: some screenshots of this because I know, I know in like two years when it's just so obvious that this is an issue, everyone's going to say no one was ever saying that everyone always knew this was an issue. How dare, like, it was funny, we had a reporter over from France at our house yesterday and she goes, what do you think of all these, you know, researchers at universities who are saying you guys are fake science and that you guys are making all this up? And I'm like, I love that they're saying this. Please put them on record because the more of them you put on record, the better I'm going to look in a few years when it turns (laughs) out that we were 100% correct. And right now I'm like not even predicting this future data. It's like my scary prediction are just what's in the data right now, and they're not looking year to year at how bad things have gotten. But they're anyway, like, He's antinatalists crazy. are different, right? Like, they're not deniers that this is a problem. A lot of antinatalists know how bad fertility rates have gotten, they just think it's a morally good thing for people yeah, who want It cheers them up, it. which means right. a lot because they're often very depressed. Well, we can talk about that because there's statistics on this now. So this is something I hadn't thought to do was to actually look up the statistics that correlated with antinatalism. And my naive thought from reading the antinatalist post is that depression would be the primary correlating psychological condition with antinatalism. And
1: my naive thought, actually, like we we had a debate with leading antinatalists of at least one faction, John and Lawrence Anton in, in London, and they were incredibly... like. It was clear that they were in it because they were deeply, deeply, philosophically, intellectually concerned negative utilitarians. Like we ate in a vegan restaurant for dinner. If you're autistic
0: and you're bad at reading people. That is not why they were in it. (laughs) No. No, and we can get into this more, but I, I think that you just believe whatever anyone tells you if they're being affable and kind. Yep. They were being affable and they told you something. And so you believed it because you're not very good at reading people. That
1: was a good vegan restaurant we went to, though. It was a great vegan restaurant.
0: Mm, yeah. But anyway, so everybody knows, you know, and we've done episodes on this if people want to go into it more. The psychological trait that is really overwhelmingly overrepresented in the pronatalist movement is autism. This is where the, the joke in the pronatalist movement of the greater replacement theory comes from, <laughs> that the autists are going to replace everyone else. But I'd also say it's not just autism that is overwhelmingly seen in the pronatalist movement. There's two other traits that I've noticed really, really big in the pronatalist movement. Oh my God, One wait. is general high mood, like general happiness. Most of the pronatalists we know are like, I, I'd say bubbly people, maybe even yeah, a you're little right. low life.
1: anxiety, low neuroticism, relatively speaking from a type of person who often you would expect to be high neuroticism. Like at the yeah, needleism yeah. conference, a lot of like really big intellectual speakers and, and and thinkers, like, you know, high caliber caliber people were there. And yet they the ones who had kids were like pretty chill. No, it's a
0: very low neuroticism movement and I'd say very high pro-sociality, like natural pro-sociality. So I'd say high autism, low neuroticism, a bit higher than normal pro-sociality. And you saw this at the conference, like the conference felt really weird to me because typically when I go to conferences where there's like Something that people are like autistically obsessed with, you get higher than normal neuroticism within those communities. Hmm. Um, and it was a very interesting environment because you both had the autistic, like, oh, everyone here is automatically my friend and I'm going to go up and talk to them and be nice to them and that you you have in like an anime convention or something like that but then you didn't have the like constant fear from some people there where it's like constantly little explosions are happening cuz one group thinks everyone else is their friend and then the other group is like super neurotic about people coming up and trying to engage yeah, like, with them. Don't touch me. <laughs> so that was amazing. Um, but so I'm looking up the statistics on, on what is most correlated with antinatalism. And I found it turns out that there's actually like a body of literature on this, at least multiple studies. And it seems like more than this, because one here is talking about a, a larger body of studies here. So this has been at least replicated twice. So <laughs> the... The core personality traits that appear to be associated with antinatalism are generally dark triad personality traits, but specifically antagonistic narcissism, psychopathic meanness, psychopathic disinhibition, and antagonistic Machiavellianism.
1: I didn't even Um, know that, like, wait... so w- w- what's the opposite of antagonistic Machia- Machiavellianism? I guess well, so like that, that is super love-bomby saying. Machiavellianism. Is that me? Is that me? Am I love-bomby? Yeah, maybe, the maybe.
0: So, so th- this this article that I was just quoting from came from dark personality traits and antinatalist beliefs, the mediating role of primal world beliefs. And then the other article that looked into this, specifically this other article, found uh, Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy were the primary traits that predicted antinatalist belief systems and then secondarily was depression but you often found them together like yeah and
1: the difference is that we had thought that depression was first and foremost the big correlatory factor
0: yeah, yeah. You need it to be a, a narcissistic psychopath. And if you are a narcissistic psychopath and depressed, you're likely to be an anti If <laughs> You're a sad, narcissistic psychopath. But <laughs> it's something I actually see. You no, know, and I think that this is a thing when we're talking about the people we met and stuff like that, Simone. Hmm. And, and this can, I think, for a lot of people, they hear antinatalist beliefs. And there is this like really, really flimsy justification for antinatalism. If anybody wants to hear our argument as to why it's not, it's like like why, where we go deep into the logic of antinatalism, you can watch our video, These People Want Everyone Dead and Are Weirdly Reasonable About It, or just, you know, look up the antinatalism video for Basecamp, and we go deep on that. But I always felt kind of uncomfortable with it, because when I go over the arguments antinatalism, it is so logically sort of shaky and and really contrived that i i sort of have this feeling like did, how do how are people arriving at this belief and i was like well there must be a large amount of depressed people in the community which there are like objectively if you look at what anti-natalist posts there are but i i was i was still pretty confused now when i'm looking at how common narcissism and psychopathy are within the community it really explains things for me So imagine you are just like an incredibly narcissistic person and anyone who has met with or known narcissistic people, people who have narcissism, even if they're fairly smart people, it's a psychological condition that makes it almost impossible for them to genuinely consider the world from another person's perspective. and. So you you have this inability to genuinely consider. And what does it mean to consider things from another person's perspective? Because I think that people hear this and they don't understand what I'm saying. Like like a, a, a narcissistic person could hear this and be like, I think about things from other people's perspectives all the time. And it's like, no, when a narcissist tries to think about the world from another person's perspective, they just clone their own personality and their own intentions onto the other person. But
1: that's they what I do. do.
0: They don't consider, well, you don't. We'll, we'll talk about how you don't actually do that in a second because I think that you're being overly disingen- dis, dis, dis. What's the word? Not giving yourself enough credit. They are not good at considering that an outside person might genuinely have different ideas and motivations in them.
2: Oh. They say,
0: what would have driven me to that position? And then they use that to model the individual. Oh, and geez. so if you it are. Like
1: someone- <laughs> Go on.
0: Yeah. But if you are a deeply depressed person and you also have this narcissistic personality. Oh,
1: then of course everyone wants to die or not exist. No, everyone wishes they were never born.
0: But he tells you, I don't actually want to die. I really love my life. You are in. your life Yeah. <laughs> because of this psychological problem that they have. Okay. Um So so this is why narcissism is so elevated within the community is it's you've got this depressed population and depression is really high within the urban monoculture because for reasons we've talked about in other videos you can look up like the cult of psychologists episode we've done if you want more on that but you know people who are far progressives are much more likely to be depressed because they've stripped out a lot of their traditional sort of emotional infrastructure and then they become susceptible to a lot of these memetic sets which prey on sort of their depression like the modern day psychologist movement, which psychologists used to be great. Not anymore. You can go to our video. Is psychology a cult?
1: I don't know. Were they? Because like, I just feel like it went from Freud to like where we are now.
0: No, 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 no. There was an intermediate stage. I the know the age of I cognitive behavior. psychologists. They warned us against all of the stuff psychologists are doing today. They're like, there was a period in the 70s when people accidentally created dependency with their patients. Yeah. Don't do that, but it appears- Well, and then in the 60s and 50s,
1: that. it was still all psychoanalysis. Maybe it was Jungian, but still, like, that's not- No, no, there better. was a period
0: from like uh, 80s, 90s, Late 80s, early 90s, 80s, I think, when it when was- When it was all CBT. Uh, yeah, CBT, CBT is fantastic.
1: Is like the one, the one bright spot. Okay, I don't think that counts. Is okay. like used
0: to no, be hold on. But we got to go back to where we we're, we were talking about here. Yeah, we've sorry. done other videos on this other stuff, and yeah, people can sorry, watch sorry. that if that's what they're interested in. Um, so. You're out there and you are depressed and you have this narcissistic personality trait. You are unable to believe that other people like their lives and you are unable to genuinely accept their perception and their arguments about why life is worth living because you personally, and this is common when a person has clinical depression, you personally are unable to see the genuine positives of being alive. but then the question would be like yeah but it's not just narcissism that this has a heavy overlap with it's also psychopathy and machiavellianism and it's like well yes because there's individuals who hear this and they're like okay everyone else is just faking being happy the world sucks right but then it takes a special type of psychopathy to then think so we should kill everyone (laughs) I should make it my life goal, and I will be a hero if I champion the death of all humans. And and when I say well, now everyone, now
1: only a small minority does. We have to be clear that like most antinatalists just don't want any more humans to exist, so they want to basically end humanity, but not necessarily kill all living humans.
0: You, I again, I think this is you believing what people are saying to you as a kind <laughs> face, and not. If you look at what they say behind the scenes, and I will post a clip here of the leading female antinatalist in the world, what does she say? She says, if I could press a button and it would kill all humans today, even if it meant they had to die by being skinned alive, I would still press that button.
2: Yeah, so look, in the interest of the end, if you could end suffering tomorrow, yeah, probably anything is justifiable inflicting just about anything is probably justifiable, imposing just about anything is probably justifiable if you can end it. If if there's literally you can guarantee no more ouch ever again, then there probably isn't a big enough ouch you could make that wouldn't be justified in the interest of that end. Probably by any means necessary. Like, if I found out tomorrow that the only way that you could that sentient extinction could possibly happen was skinning all the living things alive slowly. I'd hate it. Um, but I would probably, I would say that it's what we have to do. I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally on board with the idea that, that the, the only thing that really matters is the suffering coming to a finality. So yeah, any, anything in the interest of that, if you can guarantee that even, even despite whatever,
0: imposition
2: or or nastiness might be necessary
0: yes you you they when they're talking to you they're in nice mode simone people aren't naturally confrontational with other people and i think that you because you have such well then why why when
1: people are kidnapping other people does it just go like little miss why don't you just step into this car please i mean i don't know I, I
0: think kidnappers are actually nicer to their victims than you would think especially after they've been with the the kidnapper for a while this is how hmm. you get things like the john burnett Ramsey. i, I want to say was her name is that <laughs> john burnett oh, sorry <laughs> no, no it's, it's the child <laughs> <laughs> is it Katie Hearst? Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. No, Stockholm. Oh my God, this bothers me so much.
1: Oh, you're thinking Stockholm. about Hearst. Yes, yes. You're thinking about Hearst. Yeah. Hearst like... is a
0: real example of what is called yeah. Stockholm syndrome. I know. Yeah, However, but have John Chapman Rams. Stockholm <laughs> okay, <a sorry>. syndrome, <laughs> the event in Stockholm that people attribute to Stockholm syndrome is not a real example of Stockholm syndrome. Really? Yes, the cops really were trying to get the the people killed like if you if you watch it as an outsider the the cops really did not care about the lives of the people who were in the hostage situation oh. they did almost get them killed and the people in the so hostage situation had every right to be identifying <laughs> with their hostage takers over the police that's um, interesting Hurst is a very different situation she actually did just decide to join this the psychopath who had kidnapped her maybe he was hot i don't, I don't remember how we actually, well
1: I'm, I'm gonna look him up. Hurst.
0: Kidnapper? Oh, kidnapper. my God. Because, well, I mean, with this women... I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if, if Stockholm
1: is... Syndrome can't be a thing if it was a really hot kidnapper. Right. Um Why are there not images coming up of him right away? It's just her. I want to see him. <laughs> this is so lame.
0: I wonder how many women would be like, also have this thought, like, well, if he was hot enough...
1: but seriously like then it doesn't count it was just like a hot powerful guy of course she's gonna go for him anyway i can't find pictures so forget
0: anyway so you're fantastic someone i love it but i i find this really interesting and i think it tells us a lot about the anti-natalist movement because you know i have that one video where i go through and i'm reading like anti-natalist subreddits and they're talking about how we need to kill everyone and how we and you here, of course, as an outsider, are like, oh, they can't possibly mean that, right? Because a psychologically sound person wouldn't think like that. And so here you are thinking that these are psychologically And keep in mind, like, psychopaths are very good at being affable with other people. This is how serial killers work, right? Like, you're here being like... Oh, but the the clown man was so nice, you know? He <laughs> he performed at our kids. He can't possibly be the serial killer. And whereas what you're actually seeing with the antinatalist community is what could essentially be thought of as a... Community of serial killers basically That has gotten together and is sharing ideas With each other and I think that When you take into account And this is why like if you look at our Video logically arguing against antinatalism And our points I think are just rock Solid I think if it was Really logic that was driving them To this perception that that video Would have persuaded far more of them To deconvert from antinatalism Than it did Uh, I do not Think it is logic I think it is justification justification of something they want to believe and so they go at it and they're like how can i make this belief system justifiable for myself but i do not think that antinatalism is a belief system that is ever reached by logic because the the logical arguments just aren't very good like the uh, asymmetry argument is garbage and again you can watch our video on this well and antinatalists also seem to have trouble engaging with logical arguments so here's an example i feel like
1: all they ever do is engage in at least performatively logical arguments. Yeah,
0: but that's the thing, they're performatively logical arguments that are very bad. So you had an anti-natalist reach out to you, and you got so annoyed by it because it was just such a bad argument. He goes, Like, well, what's the difference between giving birth to someone and going up behind them and injecting them with drugs? Right? And you're like, Well, consent. And he's like, What? But the person didn't consent to be born. And it's like, yeah, but they can end their lives whenever they want. And then he's basically like, yeah, but I don't want to deal with that. That's basically the response to you can in your life whenever you want within the antinatalist community is, wait, you're saying I have to take personal responsibility for my actions as they relate to myself? And it's like, yes, yes, you do. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for?
2: What am I waiting what for? Waiting what for? am I waiting for?
0: What
1: are you waiting for? for you! Oh, oh, oh my God.
0: Like the level of narcissistic sociopathy that would deny life to another person who would want to live just because you personally would prefer to kill yourself but don't want to take the responsibility of killing yourself. To me, it's just this insane level of sociopathy, um, which, which is very surprising to me that like, and, and it, well, not surprising to me, these studies helped me understand why we have such trouble getting through to the antinatalist community with logical arguments, because it was never based on logic to begin with. So it was always mm-hmm. a psychiatric condition. Uh, but a dangerous and common psychiatric condition within the urban monoculture. And yeah, that but it, 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 at the really same
1: time, weird. like this is this both sounds very dire, but also in the end, could be very hopeful, assuming that these people don't change their stance and have a ton of kids, because then this is just a selective pressure against anti-triad traits. Yeah, dark triad traits that are that are not pro-social, that are not on the whole good for society. So I mean, yay, isn't it fortunate that. A lot of people with dark triad traits are also going to be
0: self sterilizing. Yeah. I mean... Well, actually, so this gets more interesting than the point that you're making. And I want to elaborate on the concept. Hmm. Um, so I also think that child support has done a lot to promote the reduction of dark triad traits. So, oh, because you born... can't
1: just like get a woman pregnant and like walk away and not have to worry about it.
0: Yeah. So historically, if you look at women, there is some attraction to dark triad personality traits as you were talking about was a kidnapper thing, right? Like powerful men with dark triad personality traits in a historical context were more attractive to women who wanted random flings.
1: And the red Um, pill will never let you forget it.
0: (laughs) Right. Now it's not useful. Like uh, it's not a useful genetic strategy for a male, particularly these days. And somebody is like, well, what do you mean by that? It's because the women who will allow you to sleep with them, if they're like, not interested in marrying you are typically the low caliber women uh, both intellectually attractiveness and and other genetic qualities wise and and then the high caliber women they have a reason to be much more selective about this so even when they are getting pregnant they're typically selecting the sperm donor based on traits like pro-sociality but if you're talking about and, and this is by the way when women select sperm donors, pro-sociality is one of the core traits they look for in research. Totally. It's like a well-studied thing. But if you are one of these men who just like sleeps around and you have this Machiavellianism and narcissism and, and, and sociopathy, other, other drug triad traits, you, because you just genuinely don't care about other people or the world or your potential kids, you are not interested in getting other people pregnant Because now there is huge negative consequences to you due to child support, at least insofar as you are to any extent successful. Now, if Mm -hmm. you are a very low genetic quality male, there's not as much risk to you. So I think that these men are still sleeping around and within these communities, dark triad personality traits will persist. But what we're seeing now is among the mini partner strategy that used to keep these traits stable within in populations. There is much less reason for these individuals to breed. And even within these people who might have now turned to more monogamous relationships and stuff like that, which are now joining the antinatalist movement, they're also being selected out of the population, uh, mm-hmm. which to me leads me to believe that future human populations are going to be dramatically more pro-social and, and more empathetic than human populations in the world today.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm.
0: But also, if people know our other research on, on, on genetic selection, they're also going to be much more tribalistic and much more xenophobic. So basically, you're going to have affable religious people who are very nice to anyone who they see as a cultural ally or within their community and that who wants to kill everyone else in the world.
1: Um, <laughs> no? yeah.
0: Well, Good. I mean bad. Well, I mean, so do you have any thoughts on these studies? Cause I, I mean, I was really surprised. This is not, you know, I, I genuinely didn't expect. It's surprising
1: because most people refer to pronatalists as narcissists. Like, oh, you're just trying to spam the world with your children, right? That's the constant accusation that we see for anyone who has a lot of kids. Oh, you're just so obsessed with yourself that you just, you know, so, yeah, it, it is a little surprising also because a really common way in which people hear about narcissistic individuals is in the context of like narcissistic parents who are really damaging to the lives of their children. So you just I don't know, like, I think it's it's much more common in someone's evoked set to think about narcissists and like of self-obsessed people as being more likely to be a parent, which is surprising, but yeah.
0: Well, uh, there's something I would encourage if people doubt this or are interested in learning about the antinatalist community, genuinely just look up their YouTube channels. Watch them talk for a bit. And I'd suggest, if you have a good ability at reading people, watch their eyes and watch their micro expressions and face. So I am, as, as micro
1: expressions were largely debunked.
0: So. You know? It kind of I I, I, people who are very good at at reading other people uh, typically rely on these sorts of uh, expressions, but I don't know if they can be scientifically studied very easily, Mm. but as our audience may know if they don't is you are clinically autistic. You are very, very, very bad at reading people (laughs) who just are like, are they nice to me or are they mean to me? And what are they saying? If they're nice to me and saying something, then they must be being honest. Whereas I am very, very good at reading people to like an insane amount. Too much too much it's it's painful to you it's it's painful to me how good i am at reading people yeah well because i have a really high amount of empathy and it it does hurt. oh my god
1: you're like edward cullen in twilight where you just keep hearing everyone's thoughts and you're like no and i am like what's her face that vapid girl who you can't read my thoughts because i don't have any and you're like oh this is so
0: refreshing i i I will actually say that it has been a major part of our relationship (laughs) is that i am very 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 good at reading people. And because of that, I can genuinely, or not genuinely, generally tell when somebody is manipulating me or attempting to manipulate me. And I think that that's actually pretty common for females in in relationships. Well, and I think Uh, also
1: it's very mentally taxing for you to keep modeling people when they behave like that
0: yeah yeah so i have but to I you know when they're like in a, a fight or they're being human. pissy i have to constantly model them and i find it very mentally taxing yeah. i never have to model you you are just a complete <laughs> blank you are who <laughs> yeah, you are in public in private there is never a hidden agenda um <laughs> uh, and, and, and when there is a hidden agenda it's like for five seconds and then you crack up laughing and just tell me whatever it is like you you are incapable of doing
1: that do i ever do something with hidden. yeah well i I think it's funny sometimes my
0: family is like well can't you she must be hiding something like people don't act like that and i'm like no genuinely like if you (laughs) understand her you'd understand it is it is an anathema to her character there is nothing underneath but if you go out and you watch these anti-natalist channels as somebody who's good at reading people or if you Mm. are good at reading people it's it's actually kind of obvious in hindsight that they feel this way you there there is no anti-natalist channel where people are like on our channel laughing a lot affable to each other right like that seemed to genuinely get pleasure out of life everything is very calculated and cold and dehumanizing of anyone who is not themselves um anyway simone i love you and a fun episode and again i'm always grateful to our enemies to allow me to know i have made the right choices in life to align myself with people who are nice to me and and generally don't try to tear me down Um, because the prenatalist community is overwhelmingly nice except for one guy um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he doesn't go to the conferences and nobody really talks to him and everyone hates him.
1: Everyone hates him. They just all recognize that he's a curmudgeon. That's all. It's uh, <laughs> a great sound. A curmudgeon. I adore, you. I adore you, Malcolm. And I love that you find these things and talking with you is just way too much fun. It's like a complete highlight of my life. So thank you for...
0: You're a highlight of my life. And I am so (laughs) excited for dinner with you tonight.
1: Yes. Oh, gosh. I'm thinking about it already. But let's talk more. I love you, though.